This episode of Story Institute's Ramblin' Verser is brought to you by Timeless Tales. We bring you travel and fun, creating new stories in your life. Enhance your stories now. Word of mouth is, is one of the best ways to sell a book, but it takes time. Well, hello there and welcome to Story Institute's Rambling Verser Podcast, Episode 5. I can't believe that we've made it this far, so we've had over a month of podcasts because this podcast comes out weekly to you every Monday and Tuesday. I am your host, John Murray III, and the voice that you just heard was that of Marcus DeHart, who will be our guest today in the special writing segment, as he shares a little bit about his book, How Deep Lie the Shadows, and his craft of writing. So sit back, relax, and enjoy. The quote for this week is brought to you by John Ashbery. I write with experiences in mind, but I don't write about them. I write out of them. For those of you new to our podcast, welcome aboard. For those of you who have joined us every week, thank you for sticking with us and listening to each of the... Uh, stories that, that the authors have to share. In, in the Rambling Verser podcast, we try to bring you uh, the authors that you may not have heard of, but have something to share with the writing community. While we have some great guests lined up every week from now until, well, a, a while from now, uh, we do encourage you to to write in, give some feedback on iTunes, send some feedback to our site. We got some great feedback from one of our podcasts with Jill Eisnoggle. Um, and we're hoping to, to get the same feedback from every podcast. Be sure to check us out on iTunes at, at Story Institute's Rambling Verser. You may also leave us a voicemail at 615-713-1783 or send us an email to ramblingverser at storyinstitute.com. Here's Terry to bring you the poem of the week. Terry? Shadow March by Robert Louis Stevenson All around the house is a jet black night. It stares through the window pane. It crawls in the corners, hiding from the light, and it moves with the moving flame. Now my little heart goes a-beating like a drum with the breath of the bogies in my hair. And all around the candle and the crooked shadows come and go marching along up the stair. The shadow of the balusters, the shadow of the lamp, the shadows of a child that goes to bed. All the wicked shadows coming, tramp, 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 with the black night overhead. Thank you, Terry. Shadows are great inspirations for poetry, but they're also inspirations for for novels, short stories, uh, whatever you can think of. So when you're searching for that that particular poetry topic, think of the poem that Terry just read by Robert Louis Stevenson and, and write your own version of what shadows represent to you. And now without further ado, we bring you Marcus DeHart. We're here today with Marcus DeHart, and he is here to talk to us a little bit about his book, How Deep Lies the Shadow. Marcus, welcome, and thank you for joining us. Thank you, John. Did you want to tell us a little bit more about your book, How Deep Lies the Shadow? Yes. How Deep Lies the Shadow is a long project I've been working on. It's a One of the challenges with How Deep Lies the Shadow for me has been just classifying it. Um, I've been a longtime fan of uh, science fiction and fantasy. My book just really didn't quite fit into any specific uh, genre that um, I could easily identify. But uh, after asking a few of my readers 
how they would uh, classify it. I've come up with the classification of it's a uh, supernatural thriller. And uh, I guess one friend has, has compared it to a book that Stephen King might write. Uh, not that he's comparing my writing to Stephen King's, but the, the type of not quite horror, but still science fiction, and a little bit of fantasy. It's a story that takes place uh, in Seattle, where I uh, have lived for uh, about 15 years or so. And it just seemed natural, having worked in the downtown streets of Seattle, to ha make that the setting. But I've taken it a little bit out of the setting of Seattle by introducing supernatural characters um, and events that really challenge the reader to think beyond just the normal everyday uh, life that would go on in a, in a city like Seattle. You, you've taken a little different route to, to publishing your book. It's not through a, a traditional publisher. It's, um, can you tell us a little bit about the path you've, t you've taken there? Right, yeah. I've decided to use a self-publishing, uh, on-demand publishing through the internet. I've uh, First, I did a hardbound version uh, just for, for the fact that I, you know, I just have to have a hardbound copy of my book. And I went through lulu.com. I like their approach, their prices. Then I wanted a paperback because I knew people would find that more affordable. And so I went through um, createspace.com primarily because I knew that they could offer their, my book on Amazon. And I knew that if, if people, I mean, Amazon is, is probably the biggest uh, bookseller uh, in the world. So I figured if it's available there, people are, are more likely to buy it <clears throat> um, versus, you know, a website that I might set up where they could buy it or any other number of uh, routes that um, could make my book available. So I went through through these two uh, publishing houses, and uh, the, my primary reason for going the self-publishing route was, like I said earlier, my, my book is very hard to classify. And as I was looking at publishers and looking at their requirements, I really found it very difficult to find a publisher that would accept the type of book that I was publishing. There are a lot of that aren't really wanting to take a risk on um, kind of experimental fiction, uh, or if if they do, that maybe they want experienced writers or writers who have agents and so on. There are a lot of challenges that with the the traditional publishing um, process that really made it difficult to to really put, get my foot in the door. And so I figured if I can get my if I can very you know I, I spent about nine years writing this on my lunch breaks. Because um, this this is not a full-time job for me. So during my lunch breaks, whenever I could find a little time, I'd sit down and write, I'd daydream, do whatever I could. And after nine years of, of dreaming and writing and rewriting and revising, it just I just couldn't let it just sit in my computer and just uh, gather uh, virtual dust. So I, I, I just really needed to, to get it out there. And it's been really rewarding seeing, you know, it's, you know, it's just fun seeing my book online on Amazon. But it's also been really rewarding to see, uh, get feedback from the readers and, and really have them uh, give the feedback that 
when they read the story, they really got the points that I was trying to get across. And so that's been really exciting, really rewarding. And I've, uh, it's just been a fun experience for me. You've also taken a little different approach for some of the marketing because you, you do a podcast yourself uh, of your book. Yeah. I, I realized that people wanted something, you know, especially for a new author. They, a lot of them aren't really ready to take a risk on a new author. So I thought, you know, let's give them something for free. So I've created a podcast where I each week I read off a segment of my uh, book. I've the book comes. Uh, there are three main characters in my book, and so it shifts from point of view to point of view within a chapter. So each segment, I, I'll, I'll put the name of the character on the on the podcast and the chapter title, and so within each chapter you might have several different points of view. And so I'll, I'll focus on one point of view at a time. And um, so each week, you know, it's, it's range, the times range from anywhere from five to 15 minutes long. You, you can just subscribe to the podcast and uh, every week you'll get it'll download if you're using iTunes or you can go to my website, MarcusDHart.com, and you can download them. And it, uh, you just get a new chapter or new segment or web webisode, as I've been calling them, each week. Uh, where you get to another part of the story. And they're all out there, so you can always go back to the beginning and, and start from the beginning. You can wait for the entire book to be done if you want to, or you can just get a sample of it, and uh, if you like it, you can go out and buy the book and not wait for the podcast to be finished, because it's probably going to take quite a long time. So so what, what, what made you decide on that path? I've uh, been listening to myself and found it a particularly good, uh, Good story, but also uh, a unique way to, to to share some of that writing with with readers who may who may not pick up a book in a bookstore these days, but but are willing to to listen to what you have to say. Well, and I think that's just the point. A lot of people just don't have time to to read. That's one of the things I I've, I've told all my friends, my family, and they said, "Oh yeah, I'll put on that that on my book, list of books to read." And I'm going, "Oh, you can't prioritize it because I'm your friend or." family and, and just go out and buy it. And, but, uh, so if, if I figure if people can, can get a taste of it, um, wet their appetite. And also, you know, I recognize that the book is not necessarily for everyone. I figure if, if I can get, give a taste of it to people, it can help them in, in making that decision about buying it. Those who are, are into the, the science fiction fantasy genre will probably find it um, to their liking, while uh, people who are more uh, mainstream fiction uh, and other types of genres might recognize that it's, it's not necessarily the story for them. Although I have found that you know, there are a lot of people who uh, have read it, you know, friends of mine who have read it that um, were not necessarily into science fiction and fantasy, uh, who have enjoyed it, and uh, they've basically given me the feedback that they, they what really held it for them was the characters, that the characters are compelling. Um, they've got challenges, problems, and, and things that you would face in real life, and it's not just a fantasy life that they're living, but it's a, a real life that's been complicated by these supernatural events and uh, characters that they've encountered. So it's it's takes on a real taste of, of real life, but it also has those, those supernatural and extra 
natural elements that that I enjoy and that so many people, I, I believe, really enjoy. You talked about uh, writing this through nine years on lunch breaks and, and, and other free moments. Um, what, what inspires you to write in general? That's a, that's a tough one. I, I, I just remember at an early age as a kid just – I mean my first memories of writing uh, go back to – I think it was one of the first times I watched um, The Wizard of Oz – and I was so fascinated by that story. Uh, and the next day, I mean, I was too young to write. I didn't know how to write at the time. So I sat down with my sister, my older sister, and said, I want to write a book. And so I made up this story. And she, I, she probably was pretending to write it down. But she, she kind of dic- – I dictated and she wrote. And nothing ever came of that. But ever since then, I, I've just – whenever I've written in school, I've – received lots of encouragement. Um, and I think part of it is I'm constantly daydreaming about, oh, what if this happened? Or what if I were to encounter that? Or, you know, I, my, my mind is constantly reeling with stories and ideas. And writing it down is just seems the natural course to take. I, you know, sometimes I, I've, I've, I have other creative outlets. I like music and, and, uh, uh, movies and and i i experiment with uh video and yeah for instance in this in the podcast i uh i created background music for each of the characters so so there's a each character is a different theme so i'm I'm experimenting creatively in in other ways as well and and it my creativity also goes into photography and and um when i'm not writing fiction i'm also uh, uh writing as a marketing um uh I have my own marketing company that I, I write, uh, and I do design work as well. So I'm constantly looking for ways to to express my thoughts, my my daydreams, and put them into into some form that I can enjoy and that other people can enjoy. So, do you have any particular inspirations uh, for for your writing? Is it is it do you have individuals that 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 really you look at them and say you know this is this really embodies uh, what I'm trying to say, or just just give me an idea. Is there anything that inspires you? Well, um, there are definitely a lot of authors that I uh, can point to that uh, have influenced both my writing and have inspired me to write. Uh, of course, any fantasy reader will quickly point to Tolkien as a, a source of inspiration. He's uh, the Hobbit and the Lord of the Rings have been a, a just really blew my imagination when the first time I read it, and I, I'm still fascinated by the books. I've read them about almost a dozen times, and uh, I love the movies. And so he, there's a there's a definite rooting of fantasy in my in my past based on Tolkien, but my 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 tastes go beyond that, and you know, I've also been fascinated with C.S. Lewis. A lot of people point to uh, the Chronicles of Narnia as a, a great children's uh, fantasy. Um, and lesser known is his uh, Space Trilogy, which I find really interesting, kind of uh, comparable to like H.G. Wells type of fiction. Um, but more recently, uh, as I, the one thing that I found out was that as much as I wanted to write like Tolkien and C.S. Lewis's 
I can't. They're, they're very unique, and they're not my style uh, in terms of writing. I love reading them, but I, I, can't, I can't duplicate what Tolkien has done, and I don't want to, and I, I definitely want to avoid that because there's, there's plenty of people that are out there trying to publish uh, you know, the high fantasy uh, that you find in Tolkien, and it, it's just not where I want to go. The thing that I, that I really loved about Tolkien was that he created a new world, and that's kind of what I'm trying to do with uh, How Deep Lies the Shadow, except instead of creating a new world, I'm recreating a new world, uh, an existing world. I'm recreating Seattle from from my perspective, um, how I see it, and how I see it could possibly be if were these supernatural events and uh, elements to occur. And uh, more recently, uh, an author that has kind of led me in that direction has been um, Tim Powers. He I, I picked up. Um, uh, I think it was Expiration Date was the first book I wrote, uh, read by him. And I was just flabbergasted <laughs> when I, I read his story because it takes uh, a historical person and uh, that being um, Thomas Edison and a child encounters his ghost and uh, it becomes a uh, – he just creates this this amazing um, world – Explaining how ghosts exist and interact and and all it's it, it just a subculture, but because it, it all takes place in um, Southern California, and so it's an overlay of, of fantasy over a real environment, and so you, you have all kinds of things going on that you would see in an everyday life, uh, but overlaid. Upon that are is this boy trying to escape from these people who are trying to um, get a hold of Thomas Edison's ghost, and uh, the, some of it is so re, you know so fresh and so uh, different that it's it's almost comical. It, it, I just have to laugh because it's so amazing that he's he's come up with this creative way of depicting uh, a ghost story. And uh, I've, there are quite a few of his books that he's done stuff like that. Um, some take place in um, the have to do with the Cold War and CIA and the KGB and how in they've they take his, he takes historical characters and historical events and the places in the history where there are gaps he fills it in with his story and his. Um, his, his kind of his ghost story, his, his, his supernatural elements start entering in. And so they're the things that you don't see in history, and you have a hard time determining, well, what part is real and what part is made up. And that's being able to do that with a, with a reader is, is my goal, I guess, to be able to have them question reality, so to speak, and question what they believe. What, where, where, where does reality stop and fiction start you know that's 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 the beauty about writing is that you can bring uh, people who you know go about their daily lives into a different world but also um, give them something to to think about once once they close the book or 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 you know just move on to something else mm-hmm. um, where else might you find ideas to write about? You mentioned authors that you've read. Um, you mentioned that you know you daydream sometimes about about what if. Are there any other areas that that you find ideas to write about? I look at people. Yeah. I 
I, I see people and I see conflicts that are in people, I mean, w- in relationships. And I see struggles that people go through and I go, wow, that would make a good story. And, you know, my wife is constantly telling me that, you know, uh, everybody has a story to tell. And I believe that. That's so true. Everybody has a story to tell. And and it's so easy to, to just walk down the streets. You know, I, I, I spent 15 years riding the bus um, downtown Seattle. And it, it, it felt so, you, you look at all the people and you, and you just get used to seeing the same faces every day, day in and day out. And you just don't interact with them. You don't communicate with them. You don't know anything about them. And you have to stop and think and look at people and realize that there are, each person has a story to tell. And if you can get to know that person, you'll find out all kinds of really interesting things about that person. You know, some people may come across as boring, but once, if you can dig down beyond that, that boring exterior or that indifferent um, um, facade that people put up in public, you can really get down to some really meaty stories that are are fascinating and, and inspiring or depressing and um, frightening. And there, you can really draw upon real-life experiences and put them into any environment, whether it's fantasy, fiction, um, science fiction, uh, horror, something surreal, who knows? You can, you can always take a person and find a story that's worth telling. Yeah, you know, it's interesting that you mentioned you know, taking the bus and, and watching the, the other individuals. Uh, lived in Chicago for quite a number of years, and I used to write stories about the people that, that would go to go to the same building uh, for their job but never talk to each other as they walk down the street to oh, yeah. go get lunch. So yeah, it's, a, it's, it's always it's always fun to, 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 to people watch and to, to pull the stories out of them. Yeah. So – you know, you've taken uh, taken a different uh, path uh, than uh, what would be labeled as traditional publishing. Do you have any advice for others looking to publish their own book? And I know you're you know you're just starting on this journey, but I think your your journey's been pretty pretty positive as far as some of the reach that you've had so far. Right. Well, I think that um, there are, there are a couple of thoughts that come to mind. One is expectations. Have realistic expectations. Don't self-publish thinking that, you know, somebody's going to just discover this and it's just going to take off like a rocket. It takes time. People are, you know, unless you have a a really good marketing plan, uh, it's, it takes time for people, the word to get word of mouth is, is one of the best ways to sell a book, but it takes time. Um, you can only talk to so many people at a time and your readers were doing the same thing. And, so have realistic expectations. For me, I look at self-publishing as kind of a, a marketing tool to, to get my name out there, to get my book out there, in hopes that, you know, maybe someday down the road, a publisher will read it and say, hey, this is what I want to publish. Or maybe the next time that I get, my, get a book, uh, a manuscript finalized, they'll say, oh, yeah, I think I, I heard about your book on Amazon. And and I can point to it and say, hey, yeah, I've, I've published this book and now I've got another one and just go from there. I think um, with the self-publishing route, it's really important to know your audience because when you self-publish, you have to market your, yourself. I mean, there are, are they, they do have packages out there for um, 
promoting your book. And that's, that's, if you've got the money to do that, that's, that's helpful. Um, but you really have to know your book uh, and know your audience rather and know where they, where they hang out on the internet, you know, and, you know, get involved with the networks and get connected with the people and do it not in an authentic way. Don't go there and say, hi, everybody, I've got a book that you're going to love. Come and read it. It just turns people off right away. And just, you know, get involved in the conversations and get involved with the people and develop a reputation of being someone who's knowledgeable and understand and understands the, the, the target audience. And little by little, people are going to start asking about your book and, and um, getting to know who you are. And uh, they're more likely to, to buy your book if they know you and they trust you. So make yourself available to your audience. Uh, and really, you got to be creative with, with the marketing aspects of it. There, there are so many ways to market your book, book signings, interviews, um, podcasts. Uh, blogging is, is a really hot topic. Uh, doing whatever you can. And in that aspect, um, the one thing that, that I uh, really was dreading about going the traditional route of, of promoting myself as an author it ends up becoming the one thing that I spend the most of my time doing as an author, promoting my, my book um, on the Internet. So it's a trade-off. You know, I could have continued down the traditional path of trying to knock on every door of every publisher and say, here's my book, would you publish it? Instead of going that route, I chose to, to publish the book. Now I'm knocking on every reader's door saying, here's my book. I think you'll like it. Would you read it? So it, it, there, there's a trade-off. There's, I've got the book, and that's really rewarding, but there's still a lot of work ahead of me uh, in terms of promoting it, uh, getting into the hands of readers, and uh, uh, making it... Uh, a household item, so to speak, if that ever were to happen. Yeah, you know, we've we've heard some some for some authors that have taken that traditional path. And, you know, they've even said that you know if they're in the bookstore, they can sell the book. If they have conversations with readers, they can sell the book. But the traditional publishers are, aren't even putting forth some of the expense to uh, to to market and to promote the the books that they do have. So. You know, mm. I, I think from, from your position, it's it's actually probably better that you focused on the writing and then the readers rather than uh, rather than the people who who just have uh, deeper pockets. Mm-hmm. So, um, so what are your goals over the next year or you know even three years uh, in regards to writing? Well, I've got some more stories that I want to get uh, um, written, um, drafted out. Uh, I want to con- definitely want to continue with my uh, podcast. I want to I want to go as- take that as far as I can. Um, I'm going to constantly be looking for more ways to uh, promote my book. My website is one of them, MarcusDHart.com. If you're if you want to take a look, really finding the time to write is is really the biggest challenge right now. Um, I I've got my own business that I'm running, and so that along with my family takes up most of my time, and so. Uh, it's it's trying to prioritize you know work family and my interests uh, is, is always going to be a challenge but made I just want to be able to find a little time every day you know lunch breaks again might turn out to be the way to go where I can just sit down and, and write hopefully it won't take nine years next this time around uh, maybe I'll get some shorter 
works of, of fiction so that uh, it won't take quite so long. You know, I, I think I also want to focus more on shorter fiction, such as short stories. I have a few out on the on the web that um, are I've posted for free just to get give people a, a taste of my uh, writing style. You know, while I, I the book that I just wrote is set in a supernatural thriller. Um, I like to try different things. So, you know, I might f- try different genres, more, maybe more traditional science fiction, maybe a little more traditional fantasy. <clears throat> I've seen the success of, um, you know, Harry Potter and just how simple that story is, but it, it's really a compelling story. And I, you know, so I've, I've been tempted to dabble with, um, more of the juvenile audience trying to find something that would I would want to write, but for that audience. And you know, I, if I could have even half the success that Rawlings had with Harry Potter, I'd be uh, miles ahead of where I am today. So um, there, I've got lots of things that I'd like to do. It's really going to be a matter of prioritizing and focusing in on the things that are going to be critical to to really get take the next steps in my writing career. But very good. Well, thank you for, for joining us. That's all the questions I have, Marcus. Did, did you have anything to add? Well, I, I just would like to say that, I, hey, I'm o- always open to feedback uh, about my writing. If you listen to the podcast and you have comments or questions, uh, I'm, I'm open to that. Uh, you can contact me at uh, uh, on my website. It has my, web ad- uh, my email address. So I'm I'm really open to feedback. I'm always I'm always wanting to make my stories better. So you know if there's something that connects with you in my writing, let me know about that. I want to I want to hear where my successes are, but I also want to know where if I if I'm telling you something that just doesn't make sense, um, I'd like to hear that too. Great. Well, thank you for joining us. All right. Thanks, John. The last part of this episode will bring you one poetry topic and one short story topic, and Terry's here to present those to you. And this week's short story topic, Riding the Kite of Imagination. Children have adventures when the rest of us are simply living our lives. Siblings have even more special adventures in between fights and scream fests. This story begins with a mother listening into the stories of two sisters playing in their bedroom. Let's fly a kite and get stuck in the air, says the littlest one, and the adventure begins. Where does it go? Where do the sisters sail on their kite adventure? Are there more to follow? What objects do they see as they rise above the landscape? One sister clinging to the tail, the other soaring on the base. What does the mother think and feel as she watches her children achieving more than just a playtime moment? Reach back into your childhood. Remember the adventures you needed to have before technology took over your daily routine. Reflect on your own children and the journeys they take daily in their minds. Decide on the story and write. Post it to our website at storyinstitute.com or share elsewhere. But write and enjoy. And this week's poetry topic, Crackling Campfire. The crackle of the wood as flames strike the wood, the smell of green logs emitting a film as they are tossed into the growing blaze. The light gray specks floating around randomly within the smoke and sparks. The sights and sounds of a campfire excite little ones and provide memories and paths to new visions for adults. Think of the start of the campfire. Think of the process it takes to build up the flames to provide a sense of comfort and warmth. Think of experimenting with the different litters of nature, such as leaves dried and fresh, twigs dead and recently cut, and tiny rocks to absorb the heat and keep the dwindling sparks from growing out completely. Think of the experiences you may have had with toasting, roasting, and telling stories or boasting. 
Whatever your focus in this verse, draw from experience and build on the emotion and internal connections. Remember, poems are simple but have all the power of a story in a tiny little space. Post it to our website at storyinstitute.com or share elsewhere. But write and enjoy. Well, thank you for those topics, Terry. And be sure to join us next week for a new and exciting author that, uh, that we feature here on Story Institute's Rambling Verser. Uh, but in the meantime, imagine, enhance, and grow your stories.